you for listening to Draw Near with Fred and Kara, but today it's just going to be me. This week, in honor of our website launch and the start of the Beard Razor, as Fred has decided to call our fundraiser, the Beard Razor, we wanted to provide some extra bonus episodes for you all. Um, Fred listens to a podcast that does this, and they call them quickies. We might not be able to call them quickies on a Catholic podcast, Um, so we've kind of decided to go with shorties. All right, so we're going to do a few shorties this week for you to listen to, and I just want to encourage you um, throughout the week to check out our website that launched, drawnear.me, and if you like the shorties or other episodes that we put out, please consider donating um, just by clicking the donate button. Um, If you aren't able to help financially, we would really love it if you'd share our episodes or even leave a review on the podcast platform that you listen on. Um, and we just really want to say thank you to all of you who listen. It really does mean a lot to us. Um, but we've received some requests to take up topics that teach more in-depth on scripture, which as you know, I love, so I'm really excited. Um, so this episode is going to be about Mary as the new Ark of the Covenant. So what does that mean? I'm going to explain what that means. But Mary as the new Ark of the Covenant. And when I told Fred that I wanted to do a teaching on this, he goes, yes, hearing that teaching was what made me Catholic. That's what he said. Hearing the teaching on Mary as the Ark of the Covenant was what made him Catholic. I think so often, you know, it's it's not uncommon for Catholics to hear that we put too much emphasis on Mary or that like she's not that important. She's barely even in scripture. Well, Mary is one of my favorite people to teach on because she is all over scripture. (laughs) But I'm just going to primarily point to Luke's gospel today. So um, I want you to take a moment. You can pause this. uh, Go grab your Bible to mark it up because you're going to want it. (laughs) If you enjoy scripture and studying scripture, get ready because this is going to be great. If you're unsure about studying it, I hope that this sparks your interest. Um, If you don't like the Bible... I'm not sure I can help you, but we're going to get really into it today. So um, I'm going to explain really quick kind of the background of the Ark of the Covenant um, before we explain how Mary is the new Ark of the Covenant. Um, So in the Old Testament, before the Israelites had gone in and conquered the promised land. So if you listen to the um, Joseph Most Humble episode, I talk a little bit about salvation history, but God promises the Israelites that he will deliver them from slavery to Egypt and Moses leads them through the Red Sea. But because they did not have faith when they make it to the promised land, uh, they wandered in the desert for 40 years. But they are at the promised land. They just have to enter and conquer it. But they didn't trust that they could over, overcome and battle and win. In the Old Testament, they had not conquered uh, the promised land, meaning they hadn't taken all of the land from the Canaanites. And so when they were wandering in the desert, they had a tabernacle. And it was essentially a tent. And the holiest thing inside of the tent was the Ark of the Covenant. And scripture says that, um, that God, he dwells over the tabernacle. There's the presence of, of a cloud and fire. He dwells over the tabernacle. So he's over the tent. Well, he does this because he dwells over the ark. The tabernacle was seen um, as like where the presence of God dwelled and the ark is the holiest thing in there. So if you think of the temple in Jerusalem and the structure of the temple of Jerusalem, the tabernacle tent itself is like the holy of holies 
in the temple of Jerusalem, the Holy of Holies, because it's at the center of camp. It's surrounded by the Levites, so the priests, just like the high priest was the only one who could go into the Holy of Holies. And inside the Holy of Holies, or the tabernacle tent, is the Ark. So it's a big deal. The Ark of the Covenant is a big deal, okay? So the people of Israel, they hadn't conquered all of the cities yet that, that God promised to them in the promised land. That's why it's called the promised land. So when King David enters the story, and he followed King Saul, but King David is the greatest king of Israel. When he enters the story, he is the one who completes the job, all right? The job of having the promised land. He conquers the last city from the Canaanites. And we read this in 2 Samuel 5. And that last city that he conquers is the city of Jerusalem. And so he wants to make this city, Jerusalem, this like spiritual hub or religious capital for his people. So naturally, in order to do that, he has to bring the Ark of the Covenant to Jerusalem, right? Because it, it is this big deal, right? So we read about this in 2 Samuel 6, and I am going to read it. But before I begin reading, to understand how Luke presents Mary and how we come to understand her to be the new ark, you have to first understand what the ark was. And we have to read 2 Samuel 6 because we have to understand the journey that the ark took, right, in this Old Testament passage here. So that's why I'm going to read it to you and why it would be beneficial to grab your Bible and mark it up. But I want you to listen as I read this passage of the journey of the Ark of the Covenant and think of any connections or words that are similar that you hear to the Gospel of Luke when Mary goes to visit Elizabeth after the angel comes to her and she receives she receives this news that she's going to bear a son and, and she is, conceives a son and the Holy Spirit comes upon her and she conceives a son and then she has her journey to the visitation of Elizabeth. I want you to listen to see if there are any similarities, okay? So we're in 2 Samuel 6. And it says, I'm starting in verse two. And it says, And David arose and went with all the people who were with him from Bala Judah to bring up from there the ark of God. And they carried the ark of God upon a new cart. Ooh, it was a new cart. Okay, that's important. So that's not how you were to transfer the ark of the covenant. The ark of the covenant, first of all, you were not supposed to touch it. And it was supposed to be placed upon poles and you place these poles upon your shoulders, and that's how you carry the Ark of the Covenant. But this is a new cart, so that's okay too. So they carried the Ark of God upon a new cart and brought it out of the house of Abinadab, which was on the hill. So they're on, on, on the hill, and they're going to put this very important Ark on a cart and go down the hill. You can imagine how good this is going to go. And Uzzah and Ahio, the sons of Abinadab, were driving the new cart with the Ark of God. And when they came to the threshing floor, so now we're on a bumpy floor too with this cart, Uzzah put out his hand to the Ark of God and took hold of it, for the oxen stumbled. Remember, you're not supposed to touch it. And the anger of the Lord was kindled against Uzzah, and God struck him there because he put forth his hand to the Ark, and he died there beside the ark of God. So I want to pause because sometimes it's like you read that and it's like, okay, he touched it and he died. It's like, okay, just chill. <laughs> but no, this is very, this is a very big deal because of how big of a deal the ark of the covenant was. 
And just this whole story, placing it on a cart, driving it down a hill, and putting your hand up to catch it because your ox stumbled is just showing a great deal of irreverence to the Ark of the Covenant, which is the presence of God. Right? So that it is a big deal. And it continues in verse 9. And David was afraid of the Lord that day. Yeah. And he said, how can the ark of the Lord come to me? Does that sound familiar? How can the mother of my Lord come to me? How can the ark of the Lord come to me? So David was not willing to take the ark of the Lord into the city of David. But David took it aside to the house of Obadidim, the Gittite. So he wasn't an Israelite. The ark of the Lord remained in the house of Obadidim, the Gittite, for three months. How long was Mary with Elizabeth? For three months. And the Lord blessed Obadidim and all his household. And it was told King David, The Lord has blessed the household of Obadidim and all that belongs to him because of the ark of God. So David went and brought up the ark of God from the house of Obadidim to the city of David with rejoicing. And there was rejoicing in Luke's gospel as well. As the ark of the Lord came into the city of David, Michal, the daughter of Saul, looked out of the window and saw King David leaping, like John the Baptist, and dancing before the Lord, and she despised him in her heart. And when David had finished offering the burnt offerings and the peace offerings, he blessed the people in the name of the Lord of hosts. Okay, so I briefly pointed out a few connections that are going to be coming when I read Luke, and I'll go into a little bit. But before I do, you may think, okay, Kara, but these are just a few connections. These are just a few coincidences. That doesn't really mean anything significant. Well, it does. And I want to point to why it does. Because before we get into Luke's gospel, what happened to the Ark of the Covenant? I've never seen Indiana Jones, Raiders of the Lost Ark, never seen it. So maybe you all can tell me what happened. (laughs) No, I'm just kidding. Unless you have a Catholic Bible, you don't know what happened. Because Protestant Bibles have removed several canonical books. But we know. Because in 2 Maccabees chapter 2, 4 through 8, it tells us. This is Jeremiah. Um, it's titled, like the, the caption at the top of chapter 2 says, Jeremiah hides the tent, ark, and altar. So we're going to start in verse 4. It was also in the writing that the prophet, having received an oracle, ordered that the tent and the ark should follow with him. And that he went out to the mountain where Moses had gone up and had seen the inheritance of God. And Jeremiah came and found a cave and he brought there the tent and the ark and the altar of incense and he sealed up the entrance. Some of those who followed him came up to mark the way but could not find it. When Jeremiah learned of it, he rebuked them and declared, The place shall be unknown until God gathers his people together again and shows his mercy. And then the Lord will disclose these things, and the glory of the Lord and the cloud will appear, as they were shown in the case of Moses, and as Solomon asked that the place should be specially consecrated. So we read, the ark is sealed up, not to be found, until, as scripture says, God gathers his people together again and shows his mercy. When does he do that? When does he gather his people together again and show his mercy? Through Jesus, in the time of Jesus. So this passage in 2 Maccabees, the meaning of it is that the ark will be found in the messianic age. When the Messiah, when Jesus comes, the ark will also be found. 
Okay, I'm not going to read the Annunciation, which is in uh, Luke chapter 1. I'm not going to read it. But in the Annunciation, who shows up? The angel Gabriel. And Gabriel is associated with a prophecy from Daniel 9 that is announcing the Messianic age. Gabriel shows up. So it's like, this is the Messianic age. So from Maccabees, the Ark, it's also going to be found in the Messianic age. Okay. Hmm. All right. So we'll move into reading the visitation of Mary to Elizabeth. So we're in Luke chapter 1, verse 39. In those days, Mary arose and went with haste into the hill country of Judah, just like David arose and went with all of the people who were with him. And she entered the house of Zechariah and greeted Elizabeth. And when Elizabeth heard the greeting of Mary, the child leaped in her womb, just like Michal, the daughter of Saul, looked out the window and saw David leaping and dancing. And Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit, and she exclaimed with a loud cry, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. So Elizabeth is blessing Mary, just like David blesses the people in the name of the Lord. And Elizabeth continues, And why is this granted to me that the mother of my Lord should come to me? Just like David says, Why is this granted that the ark of the Lord come to me? For behold, when the voice of your greeting came to my ears, the child in my womb leapt for joy. And blessed is she who believed that there would be a fulfillment of what was spoken to her from the Lord. And then it ends in verse 56, And Mary remained with her about three months just as long as the Ark was in the home of Obadidam. So these are not simply literary coincidences. Because who's the one who authors scripture? Who's the one author of scripture? He's working through human authors. But who's the one author? It's God in the Holy Spirit. And God wanted Mary to be connected to the Ark. Because this is the Messianic age. And Mary is the Ark that was lost and has been found. Right? So... Within this passage, Elizabeth even calls Mary the mother of the Lord, that the mother of the Lord would come to me. And then she continues on. You are blessed because you listened to the Lord. You believed what the Lord said to you. So the author is wanting to point out the divinity of Jesus. So Mary has God, the divine, within her, just as the ark had items that represented the divinity within it. All right. Still not convinced? Do you need more? Let's go into the items that were in the Ark of the Old Testament. The items, we read this in Hebrews 9, verse 4. The items that were inside the Ark of the Old Testament were the stone tablets, so the commandments, the law of God, the staff of Aaron, the high priest, and a golden urn that held the manna, the bread, from heaven. That was what was inside the Ark of the Old Testament. Who is inside Mary? The Word of God, who is the new law, He says this in Matthew. He says, I have come not to abolish the law, but to fulfill it. Not the staff of Aaron, the high priest, but the true high priest and the bread that comes down from heaven. And he calls himself this in John 6. And I'm going to end with this. The Catholic Church teaches that Mary was assumed into heaven. She didn't ascend like Jesus on her own accord. She was assumed, brought there because of God. And this is one of the four Marian dogmas of the church. But where do we get this teaching that Mary was assumed into heaven? Well, when David conquered the final city of the promised land, what does he do? What does he want to do? He wants to bring the ark into Jerusalem. So what would Jesus do when he ascends into the heavenly Jerusalem? He would bring the ark with him. 
I love teaching about Mary. I love learning about her and teaching about her because there is so much depth to her and so much we can know from scripture. So as I hope I've shown in just this this shorty, um, there are many reasons why we emphasize her in the church and why we love her. It's because God emphasized her in his divine plan and because he loves her deeply. 